Hello and welcome to the Away From The Dugout podcast. My name is Gareth Flickcroft and on today's show I have another Catalan. His name is Christian Colas. Hi Christian, how are you doing? Hi Gareth, uh, thank you. And uh, really well said my name. <laughs> is <it> good <laughs> so pronu- <laughs> Was that a good Absolutely. pronunciation? Yeah. With my, my, the surname, you did it really well because usually... Uh, without the accent in England is Christian Colas, but then you said Colas, then so proud for it. Ah, thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Um, So, you've had a a very interesting career, and I would prefer you to um, describe your your coaching career to the listeners. Yeah, absolutely. Interesting, not sure at all, but uh, it's been a long journey at the the moment. I'm uh, nearly 36 years old, and then I started to coach at 16 years in Barcelona. Um, I've been always in a, in a district clubs, then in, in academy clubs. I started with, uh, let's say, some under-18s when I was 18 also. Then, uh, yeah, I've been in Barcelona. It's been always like a part-time... Uh, it was a part-time, let's say, hobby. But uh, I feel it always like it's my my passion. I felt it as a as a, my main job. Um, then I was in academies and always uh, improving. I started to to get my license also with with eighteen years old uh, with the UFAB. And then um, yeah, growing up, I started to from uh, from uh, juniors and then uh, I started to get into better clubs as an assistant coach in uh, CFDAM. In uh, well, just because. Uh, I was extremely young despite my qualifications and everything, almost everything was uh, new for me. Then um, I was so glad to, to be assisting and it was a way of learning also. I, I, I was uh, working with uh, with a lot of different uh, coaches that uh, today they are colleagues, they are friends and then it's like it was uh, a great experience for me with, uh, with 20, 21 years old and developing my, my skills and, and learning about all, all the process that also I think is something that uh, in no uh, licensed courses uh, no one teach you, not really, well, yeah. easy to be inside a, a changing room, really. When I finished my experience in, uh, in CFDAM, that it was uh, probably my, my highest experience in, in academy football, I just, I just jumped into, into men's football, straight into third division in Spain, that is uh, the fourth division, really, and uh, again, as an assistant coach, as a, we said, like, yeah, kind of first team coach or uh, second coach uh, under the, the head coach responsibility, and uh, I, I was spending there a year and a half in Masno first, and after that, uh, one year in, in Europa also. Um, well, for me, that was, a, you know, that was a, a great challenge, and also it was like, uh, helping me to decide that this is what I wanted to do because I felt really comfortable. Like I said before, I'm full of passion and then it was like, uh, well, uh, to be there uh, as a as a young uh, coach, uh, despite being as an assistant, uh, it was like uh, really helping me to be to be ready for, for any challenge and to, and to want, uh, I, I was wanting just to learn more and keep growing up as a as quick as possible that sometimes uh, also a lack of patience I think that uh, I had but uh, yeah then uh, I had my first opportunity also there in, in Spain and meanwhile in Barcelona it was always uh, in, in my area in Catalonia then um, I was working in a bank meanwhile on morning time 
And then, uh, like I said, evening times, because you know that all football, yeah. uh, it's run on evening time in, in Spain. Then, uh, profe- well, not professional, but I mean for uh, uh, men's football and, and academies. Then uh, And then I was uh, just there. I had got like a short spell. It was a, an earthquake. It was in a Primera Catalana called uh, Granollers in the north of Barcelona. Mm-hmm. Uh, they sacked the manager. They offered me a situation. I said yes because it was like the first chance that I that I could have as a as a first team uh, coach as a head coach. But uh, well, it was like a mess in in the board with uh, financial problems directly involving the players. I think it was the worst uh, option. Now you know it's like uh, I could say that it's like of course that I don't regret because I learned a lot how to decide. But uh, in that point, you know, it was I, fo- I was full of illusion and I was just only a month and a half there. Then uh, from that point, I was looking for it was difficult for me because uh, I had the pro license, the UEFA pro license so soon. But uh, I was so young with uh, 24 years old that it's like uh, everyone was thinking he's more than ready, but he hasn't got enough experience because he's so young. Then it was like fighting always against this kind of uh, thoughts. And then... Um, I started in. Uh, I, I was uh, I was offered a position in in Sabadell when the team, the club just uh, jumped into the Spanish second division as an academy manager, and uh, I was really pleased to be there. It was uh, an unbelievable year in a different position because uh, I just jumped from the grass uh, to the offices. I've never been uh, in an office as a, as an academy manager managing uh, twelve um, football eleven teams under uh, my responsibility. And it was great, and uh, I was happy. But then, again, at the end of the of the season, then um, uh, changing the board in the structure, then make that uh, they brought another uh, another one with new ideas, or probably with ideas that, uh, that were more close to the new people. Then I decided just to make a step aside, and uh, then this uh, the summer of uh, that was summer of 2012. Um, my former uh, tactical teacher in uh, in uh, in the UEFA Pro uh, course just called me and uh, asked me if I would like to join uh, him for a trip um, to Finland for a coaching and, and training camp. And I said, yeah, go go for it. It was like four days, and I said it was a, a new experience for me. Then um, I did my work, and then coming back from Finland to to Barcelona. I just uh, was coming back with with an offer from the club that we were collaborating, just to stay there with them. And then when I arrived to to home, then I was thinking, uh, look, this is what uh, what I've been um, uh, looking for to become professional. Is just to become. Um, it's not only just to get a, a professional contract, but it's just to invest 24/7 in what you think or you realize that is your passion. Yeah. That was the point, and I didn't know nothing from from Finland or from the country, and and my language, my my English level, uh, was uh, well, let's say was uh, be- was not better than now, but uh, you know it was not so far. But uh, yeah, then um, at the end, I thought it was the the chance of my life, the opportunity. Then I left absolutely everything. I left my my family, my friends, my mortgage, my uh, my job. Uh, then I quit everything and then I jumped to Finland on 2012. I spent two seasons there uh, in an unbelievable country in two different clubs also, just progressing in one season to another one. Um, and then uh, sadly, 
then I should uh, well I had to come back to to Barcelona because um, just because uh, I know how difficult it is to to keep a a, a coach from abroad uh, for clubs that are not professional clubs no then it's like despite yeah. not uh, not uh, winning a lot of money of course but just to survive but it's not you know uh, about uh, budgets you know in in non league in, in wherever wherever you you should be in any country then uh, well there's limitations and and uh, one needs to be realistic and then it's like uh, help uh, the club that is being helping you and also uh, well it's like you need to be honest with with absolutely everyone then I came back to Barcelona and I had a spell of six months just looking for but I hadn't got any any luck and uh, one day I just saw a, a tweet from uh, Guillem Balaguer the, the Spanish journalist that was working in on Sky at that point and now he's on, on BBC and well it's all over the all over the telly and the radio I think uh, looking for a head coach and assistant coach for Bigglesworth uh, Red United um, that he was starting to be director of football I've never heard uh, nothing about Bigglesworth nor about non-league level and then I sent my CV as an assistant and the CV of uh, a professional uh, colleague as a, as a first team head coach because he told me and Guillaume just really quick replied me uh, your friend is really professional for this level but I like your profile, and then it's like, uh, do you think you can make it? And then I said, yeah, why not? And then I arrived here in June 2015. I spent three unbelievable seasons with uh, with his club and with his people. Um, then last season, I started with uh, Stamestown in what I thought it was also a great challenge, but uh, it was completely cut off in just uh, after three months, uh, after the first month of competition. And since then, I've been just uh, working and, um, and applying absolutely everywhere, but uh, with no uh, success at, at that point, just mainly with, uh, with uh, doing a, a lot of interviews and, and doing a lot of stuff, but uh, yeah, not being uh, successful, not being successful. But uh, yeah, that's a little bit my, my uh, journey at, at this point. Yeah, it's it's a fascinating journey, and you think really? <laughs> yeah, it's working in Barcelona, um, and then in Finland, and then in England. I think in, to be a head coach in in three different countries is a fast is is really interesting and pushes a coach outside their comfort zone. And coaching in another culture always tests you and always stretches you as a coach to adapt to the culture so for me I think it's yeah really interesting thank you I, I agree absolutely with with uh, what you have said and uh, I think that uh, everyone uh, if uh, if you can have the opportunity the chance everyone needs to to try to to go abroad and, and try uh, uh, himself or, or herself just thinking also in a, in a personal side and not only um, in football ways I mean I, I know that I experience in a personal way a lot also I know um, much more from myself like you said I we don't know that we're in uh, outside of the comfort zone till you don't make this kind of uh, movements you know it's like uh, oh, yeah. everyone wants to be outside of the comfort zone but everyone is saying this from inside their comfort their comfort comfort zone sorry then the main point is just to that someone push you and then it's like to be brave I think that uh, no one is um, you know, it's really difficult today uh, 
to to be in a in a really in a wrong position in a wrong place you know it's like uh, you we need to assume risk and uh, and of course I did and and I'm proud of it but um, I don't think really you know I hadn't got any issue any problem uh, personally nor nor professionally in uh, in any country in this now uh, seven seasons abroad. Yeah, I I completely agree and. Uh... You must have learned so much um, being chucked in the deep end, going to Finland and obviously coming to Big Lose Wade United. Um, I really want to um, touch upon the the, the, the Big Lose Wade United story. Um, what division were they in when you first arrived? Well, they are in the same in the same one that uh, that I left them. That it's like they are in the Spartan South Midlands Premier uh, Division. That that's uh, step five of the non-league, and then from the Premier League is the ninth division. Okay, and so let's go back to when you first um, arrive in England. You get off the plane, and you've been given this this role at the club. What's your current knowledge of English non-league football? Uh, absolutely zero. Then uh, <laughs> I hadn't got an idea about uh, where I was landing first in, in terms of uh, location, nor, uh, nor nothing about uh, football. I thought, um, well, I've never been working really a lot with expectations because then that makes that... Uh, I had never like a bad uh, idea of something, you know, it's like I've been always like, okay, let's go do it and let's see when we will be inside, let's see. Then uh, I was thinking probably that uh, could be closer uh, to this um, Catalan-Spanish structure in terms of uh, men's football. But uh, when I arrived, I saw that it was like, I remember my first meeting with the players as a, as a way of introduction. I, I just told them to... Uh, Guillaume, uh, well, Guillaume was uh, working just to keep the, the squad because also yeah, after uh, four seasons now here you know that at this level also the squads are mainly uh, players manager then uh, managers player uh, players sorry then it's like if the manager leaves then uh, a lot of, a bunch of players also follow yeah. the manager then it's like then uh, the idea was first to convince them that the manager decided to leave because his own reasons really it was nothing special I think and then that someone was coming from Spain then he was just selling this idea of something new or of building something really different in non-league level and then uh, that was okay for some players but also uh, there was a lot of players that they were like we, we don't want to change absolutely nothing and then it's like and then the first thing that I did is just to uh, put one day uh, training extra they were complaining a lot because they had families and I said yeah I've got family also I mean um, if we want to build up something if we want to set up something uh, we should work and if, if we do if, if we want sorry to do something different we, we should do something different from the beginning then I told the com- uh, I just took the commitment from them like uh, let's go uh, give me one month if you don't like what we're doing then it's like we will come back to to the two days training per week or one if you ha- if we had um, two games per week and uh, if I'm honest till today I don't know if because they like or they already uh, forgot but no one complained then uh, we've been then we set up um, uh, let's say a micro cycle that if we had games on Tuesdays and Saturdays 
then we were working on Mondays and Thursdays. And then if we had a clean week with only one game on Saturday, then we were just uh, having training uh, three days per week, then Mondays, uh, Tuesdays and, and Thursdays. But uh, I, I had no, no knowledge of nothing. Then I arrived to a place where um, no, none of the players were, uh, were paid, where uh, the team was involved in a league and in six uh, cup competitions. Uh, you know, it's like when they told me that they were playing mainly uh, Tuesday, Saturdays all year long, and also because the the winter time and the postponements, then uh, probably on springtime uh, there should be weeks with a uh, with a Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday game. I was thinking like you know that that was when I you know in a lot of um, of uh, coaching courses, coaching education. They said that the best training is the game. Okay, here when I when I arrive and I I, I just realized this 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 way of, of competition is what I realized is like well well I don't know if it's the best training, but probably sometimes it will be over only training because we were playing uh, a lot of games per per week and then uh, also having long squads. Um, you never had all the players. Then what we did is. We, did, we didn't make really nothing special at all, okay? I, I said to everyone. Uh, but we brought this um, Spanish-Catalan structure of being uh, everything have got a plan, then it's like um, have got a, a, a discipline, uh, a, a rules, then it's like if uh, we need to attend all trainings, if you cannot attend training, uh, you should have... Um, you have to let us know, sorry, as soon as possible also because it will affect the plan. We were building um, on a side of uh, the coaching situation and, and, and outside the grass probably an identity uh, building a, a desire of uh, belonging you know it was something really new for them because uh, I then the season before to arrive the squad was with uh, was close with 80 registrations and then it's like uh, you know that sometimes there were players that only appears for a few games disappears yeah. and it's like I, I I couldn't I couldn't think in nothing about this then the only that we set up is well at the end I think we finished nearly with uh, 40 registrations in all season but also of course players that uh, that uh, stayed players gone but I mean at the end we, we knew each other we knew the faces we knew you know it's like we were uh, building also um, some competition inside our trainings because if uh, I hasn't got any sense as a player I know that it's going a little bit against uh, English uh, non-league mentality what I'm saying but uh, and it's been really difficult because no one believes some clubs change things after they realize that we did it but uh, despite this it's like if I'm a player and then it's like young players that uh, just left and their teens and their 21s and then it's like they are starting to be, uh, to be involved in men's football and then yeah I'm attending uh, Tuesday's training Thursday's training and then it's like on Saturdays not only the, I'm not playing that also in addition I'm out of the squad list because the gaffer just takes uh, you know then the players that are under uh, his uh, umbrella let's say then uh, you know it's like you're, you're playing with uh, just not only with players, then it's like my main focus as a coach always is that behind every player you have a person. Then yeah. whatever you are and whatever the division, whatever the then it's like the level, the category it doesn't matter. Then it's like you've got a person. Then it's like, and I think that is really easy and it's a really powerful uh, tool to work 
with this kind of illusion or enthusiasm in this um, in, at this level with his young players also you know it's like it, it's a boost it needs to give you uh, it, it have it has to give you uh, some uh, some power then it's like uh, then I think we're doing the completely the opposite at this level you know it's like we're just uh, like I said meeting having a coffee and then it's like well just a few activities few laughs and that's all and, and the winter is really tough also then it's like I think probably the best reward with the players is when we had everything set up we planned something and after that the plan was working on on, on a game day you know then it's like well uh, we were not uh, we've not been never a, a championship team but uh, we've been doing things with uh, let's say common sense and then it's like probably uh, that now after uh, left after one season that the players still are waiting that uh, it's like Christian whenever you are then it's like whatever you could be just let me know because I enjoy it. Then this world probably is better to enjoy. Is what uh, we were doing, uh, where we were working uh, really deep. But again, not doing nothing special that coaches uh, from here, uh, English coaches or from wherever, honestly, can do. You know, I'm I'm not doing nothing special. If I was doing something special, probably I would, I would not be an employee like I am now. <laughs> well, uh, it's interesting you, you mentioned some of maybe say the cultural aspects of non-league English football where you're right the teams train twice a week um, it's heavily a lot of Saturday Tuesday week game week game weeks because um, of various cup competitions postponements maybe and obviously not all uh, non-league coaches and non-league teams but you know I've seen I've heard about non-league teams where training consists of a uh, 9v9 game and that's it maybe there's less of a game model it's just play and um, a few simple principles spoken by the coach before the game nothing really installed installed or implemented in training but obviously you've come in with a, a very different structure with a defined game model and you've extended the number of training days firstly how did the players react to training three days a week um, was there some resistance and did some players leave? And how were you able to convince them to to play using this training structure? Yeah, I had some players that they didn't start. Then, and I, I told them also in the first meeting, if you're not convinced, don't you know that don't don't try, don't try because uh, it will be a trouble for you and it will be a trouble for me from the very beginning. And then it's like I want to say this, and it's like if you you just you have to stay only if you're if you're convinced a hundred percent. Everyone that started uh, was convinced, and then during the during the season also, then some players because of work, because uh, probably the standard was uh, high for their level then it's like probably because also they don't like then it's like we had uh, really a, a lot of, of different reasons and they were they were completely free then it's like I was never uh, just locking anyone you know it was like uh, feel free to I remember that we had also uh, we just uh, set up a, it was a three days trials uh, before to start the pre-season and were really successful because uh, every day of trial we had nearly 40 players uh, it was crazy because like I said it was everything new everyone knew you know it was like I was managing um, I was leading everything. Uh, I just uh, set up a staff also with people that was in in the club already. Then uh, and then we were asking for things that uh, for us were like 
normal then it's like about well the, the structure of the of the training and then it's like the contact of the players about phone numbers about i don't know something really uh, and then here was like well uh, you know it's like that that we never did something like this we never it's like okay then let's go then it's like there's nothing nothing special then uh convinced at the end like i said before in, in after our first meeting then it's like uh, it was not only with the first training but of course at the first training i can i can let you know that uh, uh we were training on in a school in a college and then uh, a lot of players then came with uh, the trainers already and then i was thinking like where are your boots and they said boots and it's like yeah and it's like gaffa that's england and in the first two weeks uh with the news boots and it's like and then my reply was like okay We've got a league game, an FA Cup game to start the season. Then we've got four weeks and a half. If in four weeks and a half I need to to help you to build something, to set up something, then uh, and you don't want to start, I need to to miss two weeks uh, just mainly running. Then it's like forget it. Then it's like and then they were complaining because it's like we will not be physically ready and everything. And I said that's fine. Uh, then it's like uh, you know I, I've ne- I've never been looking for confrontation. Then it's like. Uh, I know perfectly the work that we've been doing, then it's like, no worries, then it's like, uh, let's do it, if after two weeks, I realize, and it's uh, it's an evidence that uh, that physically you're not uh, ready, then uh, I, I will change plans, and then it's like, uh, I will do uh, whatever you think uh, it could work, but again, then it's like, um, they've been never probably doing uh, uh, possessions in, in big space, uh, with uh, split groups like in a I don't know uh, three per three plus three then it's like uh, four minutes uh, three sets um, then it's like you know it's like they've not been doing this and in the same way that they were and we were looking for a, a performance uh, um, a endurance more adapted to the real game situation that we could find and it's like I knew that uh, probably I'm not against to doing heels or, or just running because we, we did also, but um, it's just the introduction is like, okay, then as soon as, um, as we can introduce uh, our basic principles, because uh, we arrived to, to, to a team that the players, despite the, a lot of them love uh, football, but uh, also no one had told them before about, I don't know, about uh, covering, about um, basic things, you know, yeah, it's the, like about uh, back foot controls and yeah, keep playing. They haven't really come uh, from like a, a coaching um, environment. They've yeah. previous environments. They've just played, and maybe there's some pros, but there's mainly cons. When and it's difficult for a coach when they come in and you try to coach, they're not used to. They're not not used to it, and. Oh. <laughs> Listen, listen, something really funny. It was like, uh, and I explained. That's usually I explain the same because because it was like uh, I did. Uh, I had a scout, uh, uh, a colleague from the staff that helped us, and then it's like, okay, then it's like uh, you're gonna to to watch the opponents if if we can, and then uh, well, then the first opponent I remember it was a uh, Holmer Green FC, and then uh, I had like two nice uh, reports from the team and then it's like okay then mainly we prepare a, a quick powerpoint mainly 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 about uh, set pieces you know and then what we will find on a on a saturday uh, that was the first league game we did on a thursday 
uh, before training in our ground and then I put the the PowerPoint and then it's like and we explain like like I said it was like nearly eight minutes presentation uh, I still laugh because I still remember the faces of the players and also uh, I remember uh, Saturday's reply uh, then we won the game one nil but it was really we were uh, you know when you feel that the, the players are completely locked scared they don't want to do nothing wrong you yeah. know too much information I, I, then it's like and then I said I think it's not too much information but we're coming from zero then they hadn't got never information about the opponent then from that point uh, we just had this uh, like I said this member of the staff working only for the staff then we were just receiving the reports and then setting up our training thinking and developing our game model and what we can find in uh, in uh, in competition uh, this, the same day, the competition day in the in the team talk just uh, three points like uh, strengths, weakness, and, and set pieces. But that's all because they were not ready, and then it's like we were uh, probably over um, over informing them, and they was that, that was creating a, a trouble that was against us. Then it's like, but that was uh, that was really funny. I, I still like I said, I still remember the faces of the players like what the fuck is this? You know, it's like what he's explaining how he how he has information about Holmer Green and then it's like well someone is uh, being watching them on two precision games and then but then I agree also in this level, like I said before, uh, having registered every club uh, eighty players, seventy or whatever the team on Tuesday could be completely different than yeah. the team on, on Saturday. <laughs> what it doesn't change is the manager's style. Then it's like at the end they will play the same way. But uh, yeah, probably you're talking to your right back that the left uh, wing will be like uh, really skillful and is uh, uh, a right-footed one. They, he will cut in, uh, you know, looking for bugs and everything. And then arrives Saturday and he's uh, left-footed and he's probably the left back that played and this uh, right-footed uh, player is not... Uh, is, not in the squad list then it's like well uh, that's the English non-league level it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a I think it's a really uh, well I, I feel uh, honestly Gareth that I grow up a lot because it's like you can find absolutely everything you need to be really um, you need to improvise and it's like you should have your plan absolutely but um, but you need to be ready for, for absolutely everything everything uh, has happened everything then it's like you cannot imagine then well, what advice would you give to a coach who who might be starting a new job in a culture like you entered where there's never been a really professional environment before? It's there's been no there's been no opposition reports, there's been no clear game model. What would you say to them? First of all, uh no expectations. Then it's like uh zero expectations then it's like because if you start uh, with an idea or something like this and then this idea is probably far from uh, what you can find then it's gonna be uh, you're gonna start to feel like uh, you know this negative side of everything then it's like everything will be wrong everything it's like uh, and then it's like no 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 expectations then it's like eyes open uh, clean ears and it's like listen uh, observe and uh, flow then it's like and be something is like be quick in decision making then it's like uh, will happens absolutely everything but like you haven't got expectations and you haven't got experience 
you know, it's like uh, ask if you have got the chance to work with someone. Like I was really lucky working with uh, with people that uh, is being involved in in non-league uh, and in uh, in the football league also for uh, for a long. Then I have got probably this background that helped me also sometimes, and I'm I'm really uh, always. Um, uh, I'm really collaborative, collaborative with everyone. Then it's like, but if you don't have this chance, then it's like, uh, like I said, then it's like, uh, come with no expectations, be ready for everything, be sure. Uh, then it's like, be convinced that at the end, all these uh, hours of all these coaching hours in in this uh, non-stable uh, uh, situation will give you uh, really a, a huge um, experience and a huge knowledge about yourself as a coach. So, I want to go a little bit onto yourself as in your in your game model. Um, I'm sure I read a few quotes out. You once said that you can't play progressive football if you don't take risks. The easy thing would be to tell my players to kick the ball high and long and fight for the second action. And uh, you <laughs> you've also been described as the Pep Guardiola of non-league football. I need to tell you that I hate this. But I, <laughs> I thought you would, sorry. <laughs> sorry I for think it's because I'm getting ball also, you know. I think it's probably... Uh, <laughs> yeah. from, from behind or from the side, you do look a little bit like uh, Pep. But <laughs> not, not my bank account, to get it. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think, well, obviously the comparison to Pep Guardiola might, um, might demonstrate to us, like, what your philosophy, methodology is but do you want to explain how you see the game of yeah, football absolutely then it's like I, I i i think it's my identity and my like you said my fi- my philosophy as a as a coach then uh, uh mainly i want uh that the team the the players can be the main actor of the game through 90 minutes okay then it's like i want that they've got uh, and that they feel also not only that they could have that they could feel that they've got the control of the game through uh, through 90 minutes um if we split the, the five moments of the game in possession, out of possession, and then uh, losing and winning ball and uh, set pieces, then which is the best way probably to, to feel the control and to um, and then to force the opponent is to be in possession. Then it's like I want the ball. I never refuse to. I never refuse to uh, to have the ball if I can have the control of no. Something that I've learned in this way also is like in this level, um, during this uh, this time in, in England at this non-league level, is that sometimes if I was having the possession, but uh, I felt that the team had, hadn't got the control, that could happen, like is the team don't, don't know what to do with the ball and then mm. it's like it's a mess and then uh, our own mistakes are punishing a lot ourselves just having the possession, I prefer to don't have the ball. But... Uh, like I said, as an identity, the best way is like, okay, we want just to manage the game. Then it's like, if you want to manage the game, you have to manage the ball. There's no way to manage the game. There's a way, but the, the percentage probably is uh, is minimum. Then it's like, uh, I want the ball for, uh, for uh, the teams where I've been working. Then it's like, and from that point, we develop absolutely everything from the ball. What happens? Like you said, this, uh, this uh, nickname or, uh, or also... The flag that is in my passport, it doesn't help a lot because it's like the people what is expecting 
is uh, well that we can do rondos, boxes uh, every training, every day, and that also just rondos or boxes we can develop absolutely everything, and that the play teams uh, also the the really hated uh, known as the tiki taka. No, it's like yeah. uh, I'm completely. I mean, I'm I'm completely against this, and it's like uh, I think that as a coach, like I said, I want my teams in control of the game through the ball in possession mainly, but I want my team ready also. Then I'm really competitive. Then something that I used to uh, to tell to in the changing room in, in in team talks at the beginning is like that the team will attack always, and that means we will attack with the ball, of course, because we want to score, but also the team needs to feel that we're attacking without ball. Then uh, really aggressive teams, really high-intensity teams, um, it's a mix between, I think that in this level, uh, well, let's don't, don't talk only about uh, non-league level, but I mean, um, I think that all coaches want probably to develop a team that is uh, really... Um, uh, that that makes that has sense when have got the ball and wants to 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 keep the control and to, to develop something like probably are uh, Pep Guardiola teams, but also I would love to have teams like uh, 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 Pep ones when uh, when they lose the ball, but also like uh, Atlético de Madrid, uh, Simeone's ones uh, out of possession, you know, really inter. You feel that these teams, despite not having the possession, they've got the control, okay? Yeah. Then it's like, at the end, it's just to, to set up your, your team like this. Mainly, like I said, it's just to set up a, a game model based absolutely in uh, having the possession. But you have to prepare your team uh, because um, during 90 minutes, you will have the possession or not, and also having or not the possession, you will uh, have the control or not of the, of the game. Then the idea is just to teach your teams to understand the game and the different scenarios that could happen through 90 minutes. How do you, do, can that, you give an example? Oof, uh, <laughs> yeah, then it's like, like no, but look, like I said, then it's like uh, coaching your team is like, it's nice to, to build from the back, then it's like, uh, yeah, then it's like you, you can, you can, uh, you can, uh, you can coach how to build from the back, but what happens when the opening team, um, Imagine we're starting to build from the back uh, like three times on a, on a game, and then after, in the fourth uh, goal kick, we have got the opponent uh, pressing high completely and then avoiding that we can uh, we can just uh, set up from the beginning, uh, building from the back. Then it's like what we should do. We've got uh, two different options. The first one is just to uh, well to, to keep going, building from the back, assuming a really high risk, so close to our goal. Uh, I, like I said before, I'm really competitive. I'm not into this, really. I'm not going to force... At the end, I'm giving a lot of decision-making. Then the players are playing. I'm not just uh, playing with a, with a joystick from my from my uh, uh, bench. Then it's like, they decide. And as a player, if I would be the centre-back and I realise that I've got uh, the striker next to me, I would not be really pleased if the goalkeeper just uh, passed me, pass me the ball, honestly. But then what I want is just to set up the B plan is that the B plan is like again we set up our team in zone two, and then it's like and we know the pattern that we've got. What could happen if this ball arrives straight uh, from the goalkeeper to the right back, for example, or to the um, looking for the striker, looking for a second action from our number ten? It's like it's not a long ball from the goalkeeper nonsense because we cannot. Then it's like okay, understand what is happening in every moment. Um, 
again another one is imagine that uh, we're attacking last third and we've got we face a lot of teams that they were really in a low block closing with 10 players okay then it's like we cannot go you cannot go straight like a wall it's like you need to move you need to switch a lot the ball just to find the gaps but then you need to understand how to find the gaps usually here in england what i realized on when i arrived is that the players um the, the is like at this level positionally they were like probably you know uh, more close to to be uh, more uh, mobile and then it's like try to arrive absolutely everywhere it's like no probably the best way is just to stay in your position it's mm -hmm. difficult to tell one player you have to stay you don't have to run you you don't need to move from here but when they understand that probably staying they are attracting someone and they are provoking a space from their own teammates or also uh, because they provoke uh, uh, a defensive unbalance in the opponent just because the opponent uh, is following the ball and then they realize that they can find that they are completely alone and no one is uh, chasing them. And then how to do this with, like I said, then it's like with uh, two days per uh, per week and then it's like it's been, uh, uh, it's been a challenge, it's been really difficult, but, uh, but we did it and then it's like, like I said, we had games, uh, better games, we had uh, uh, games that were not uh, the best ones, but uh, I, I think it's a, it's a a name also from everyone, from uh, the staff to coach them and from the players to want to, to try, of course. So, so the, kind of like we said, the culture of non-league is, again, again, not all teams, but I, I'd probably say most teams are very direct and they rely on winning the second balls, which I'm, is not wrong, but um, I'm not trying to say there's... It's a way, no, no, yeah, it's, it's a, a um, But then when you, obviously you've introduced a different game model to some players who... Matt, I never played this way before. What, how, what, what difficulties did you come across, and how were you able to convince the players to maintain faith in your game model? Through training, uh, as I always said, and uh, and I'm completely sticking on on it. Then it's like through through training, you've got absolutely everything, and then you can achieve absolutely everything. Then it's like. Um, um, we can start from the from the centre backs. Then uh, I had uh, centre backs that what they used to do is just to set up uh, themselves on on half line, looking for uh, the long goal kick from the goalie, and then trying just to uh, prolong this ball uh, backwards, or also being ready for a for a second action, a, pro, a possible uh, rejection from the midfielder, from the opponents, whatever, and uh, mainly playing long diagonal balls nicely ones but it's like each as a weapon and then it's like i remember i had uh, a 36 year old uh, center back and a uh, 28 um proper english ones and and also and i think that first is is the way to approach them and you, you cannot you cannot arrive i've i've not the 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 football uh, uh, trust you know it's like i cannot arrive to to anywhere like look this is the bible of football i'm i know more than anyone you cannot be you cannot be like this then it's like uh, i try to convince them like that's the way in what i've been uh learning and what i've been coaching and mainly basing my my experience and uh is when i feel also more comfortable then i could help you in that way then um 
if the opponent team is uh, like I said is expecting a, a low uh, a long uh, bo- a long go- uh, goal kick from the from our goalkeeper in the moment that we split our two center backs uh, completely uh, in that case we're outside the box because we hadn't got the new rule but then it's like outside the box in 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 the same line that the goalkeeper then it's like we had to to check the the, the the reaction of the opponent then it's like if they were playing with two strikers what they were doing if they were in a four uh, three three with uh, two wings and then one one striker, it means that you need to sell this idea to the centre backs that one of them will be free. It's not only this because it's just to receive in a uh, with a good body shape and then with a well, it's like with a, uh, also something that we just um, realize is this decision making situation. That is like they were really. Uh, thinking only in the action that is happening they were never linking not only the center backs all players you know it's like they were not thinking in the game they were just thinking in the moment they were reactive players it's like mm. you need to think that as a center back then it's like you receiving the ball and then i invite them you you can do two things the first one is to be standing and, and, and keeping the ball then that means that uh, someone will come for you or the second one is just to travel with the ball, then you will provoke that someone will come uh, for you. Then it's like, but at the end, we're looking to attract someone. If we're attracting someone, it means that we need to be ready because you should have a teammate completely free in a, in a, in a, in a better support uh, position to help you and to try to progress. If done, we were just uh, uh, mainly uh, orientating them, to, uh, orientating them sorry, to, to try to switch the game as more as possible till we can find this space in between the gaps. Then uh, in this level, the teams were not ready at all. Uh, uh, defensively, they were not really well worked. They were more reactive also. Then it's like this reaction game is uh, easier and the, the uh, probability is higher to, to get success in these uh, long ones because it's more like I said it's more like heavy rate and it's like let's see who goes and jumping get the first second or third action and let's play from there we were just uh, selling something uh, different how then we were practicing a lot uh, we were practicing a lot open activities with decision making we were practicing we we were giving them also um, a lot of patterns close patterns that they had to develop like the movement and it's like look uh, a center back receive and then you travel 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 avoiding always 1v1 options in in the first zone and then it's like before this 1v1 facing we will have our right back here our uh, holding midfielder here our number 10 there and completely the diagonal also the far one we were trying to work on triangles but not telling them that we were doing triangles things like we were offering always two supports two close supports and uh, one far support then it's like at the end we were looking always for this, but uh, uh, yeah, not not really. Um, I mean, it, it goes through training. I, we were not doing nothing special. They fail also. Probably one of the most important things that uh, that I have to say is uh, we never punish the mistake at all because we were asking them to try. Then it's like uh, and something that I'm really tired to to repeat sometimes is like all the players need to know that uh, they will fail on a training day, on a game day. You know, it's like everyone will have mistakes. They probably, the, 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 the option, the thing is how to react to these mistakes. And it's like the one that forget the mistake as soon as possible and try to react and try to fix it, to sort it, is the one that uh, usually 
have su uh, have success, then it's like we, we were looking this. Then it's like I don't need to to scream a play that is losing the ball when I'm telling uh, him also to try to turn or you know it's like uh, if I'm asking him just to uh, to use we used to play i used to ask them to avoid first touch playing because the grounds because also because we are not ready we are not professional players then it's like there's a technically we had uh, a lot of uh, of problems and it's like uh, i i was usually uh, asking to play uh, with two touches two and a half touches then it's like making them comfortable then that was probably our, our main uh, situation uh, giving them options and tools and then and it's like we lost a lot of balls building from the back because the center back did a short pass and yeah we conceded it and uh, what's the point it's like well you know now what we have to do then it's like we need to to keep going and, and try to sort and try to score as soon as possible to, to level the score i mean you know you cannot fix this it's like on a training day it's like why this happened and then it's like if it happens for a decision making well i'm asking for it then you know it's like uh as a coach, you need to assume also the responsibility that you're asking to assume risk to the players. That means like, uh, it, I think you, you lose the, this battle when you are punishing things that you're asking for. Imagine that I'm asking for this, no, to, to get the ball and to, to, to uh, play, uh, having the possession and managing through the possession of the ball. And then every time that we're losing the ball and we're conceding or we're conceding free kicks just because uh, we're late, you know, then it's like, I'm just screaming, I'm just pointing at them. Then it's like, it's when you, at the end as a player, I don't want to work like you uh, say that you're going to work because on a competition day, on a competitive day, you're not going to, you're going you're, you're gonna to ask me for different things. Then I don't want to, I don't believe you. You need to be really, um, uh, follow your lines, you know, you need to be yeah. really strict with this, really strong. And then it's like, you say something. Uh, they did it didn't work you cannot punish anyone you need to punish yourself and you need to probably it's like get feedback from them it's like why it didn't work and try to sort it for the next time and in non-league like you said in the winter the the english winter um lots of rain and cold weather so obviously the pitches take a bit of a battery in the can either be the very lot of bumpy and um, missing grass, muddy, heavy muddy pitches. How did your game model adapt to the the pitches? Yeah, this is what I said before, guys. And it's like we cannot uh, we cannot expect to have the team um, building from the back on on a muddy pitch on on January. Then it's like uh, because we were. We were competing, and then it's like, and uh, and I used to coach my side. I, I I want to to compete, to have chances to win. I don't want just to you know to finish the game like oh, we did it well, and then we get over. Uh, we took our challenge, but um, we lost the game. It's like no no, we need to we need to compete. We need we need to do it. But um, yeah, then it's like um, we we had the plan ready, and then it's like uh, we were we were looking for second lines. We were just. Uh, playing more on a, we had our B plan and our C plan, and then it's this kind of games that you need to be probably more English than never, and then it's like, of course, you, you're not going to take risks um, building from the back, because uh, because everything is so wet, and then it's like, because uh, the bones of the ball, you know, it's like you cannot uh, have confidence for absolutely uh, anything, and you need just to look for the striker, and then having, but having your players and, and everyone in position ready for this plan, you know, it's like uh, 
it's just not like I said, it's it's not do it random. Then it's like we had all November, all all December to prepare this and knowing that we will use this, like I said, all December, all January, all February and part of March. That that, that was the, the, the main point. Then it's like um, from the goal kick, I remember one that is like just to put all your team on, on the right channel, for example, except our left back. And then this ball from the goalkeeper uh, goes straight to the left back. And then there's few movements from the number 10 and from the striker. Um, then, um, sorry, because I've got the dogs. Hey, I've got the dogs now excited. Um, yeah, then uh, uh, we have the movements of the striker and the number 10 just uh, running uh, behind uh, the defense back and then... Uh, just trying to make a kind of a counter-attack that is like in long balls, knowing also that, uh, again, that uh, it will not help neither uh, to the team that is defending this kind of uh, of actions, but then try to trick them because they are going to think that we're going to send this ball straight to our uh, striker or, the, or uh, in the area where we're just creating density because we can uh, get more chances of this. Is to to have imagination and then, like I said before, also to ask the players, to ask the staff when you don't know where are you where you are arriving, and then um, then it's like experience, and then when you just visit few uh, grounds and you think on on the winter time, and after that you visit few grounds on winter time, at the end you you know where you where you're coming, what you're doing. Then it's like it just to be really open-minded. It doesn't mean that I, I'm not going against my philosophy because it's like. Um, mainly my philosophy is to get performance from the team and from every player in in every training and in every game then it's like if um, we set up this plan and you get performance that's perfect in addition i think that getting performance uh you will be closer to get um, a, a good result and to have more chances to win the game well like we spoke about the um in non-league have limited time due to only having two or three training sessions did you have to prioritize certain um, principles or sub-principles of your game model? And if so, how were you able to do that? Well, absolutely. Because, uh, like I said, I'm more from the beginning also. You need to be... Well, you, you, need to, you need to make decisions also as a coach and then know that, uh, that you have to, you have to, to select... Uh, Things, for example, I used to start probably more on on uh, on the defensive side, just thinking how we're gonna defend, and then introducing them um, like well, like zone two, zone uh, zone one, zone two, zone three, sorry, and also splitting on three or five different channels, um, making their life easier. Then, if the opponent is playing on the right channel, then we're gonna close. Uh, three channels, leaving the two farther ones completely empty because, and then it's like in, ten, in case of a switch, then we will have enough time to, to do it. The, 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 the covering system on diagonal situations, uh, then it's like, I don't know, like I said before, basics about looking, uh, then it's like just looking at your opponent's and t shirt number, then it's like uh, stuff like this. Um, you need to go out basics. I think that. Uh, my problem at the beginning in the first season was probably to think that uh, they had uh, much more um, formation in in other things and also that um, about the covering situation also the diagonals on, on our back then it's like it's a 
about basics. At the beginning, like I said before, uh, just uh, probably thinking in, in scouting and thinking in a lot of stuff. Uh, and also wanting to develop, I don't know, I was thinking uh, sometimes in to talk about Therman, uh, deep uh, situation, and then it's like uh, I was running, I was flying before to, to work. Then uh, thanks to, to the staff, um, we just set up a plan, and then it's like, yeah, defensively was, like I said, introduction of the zones, and then uh, being defending as a unit, as a collective, then it's like uh, movement in diagonals and then it's like uh, covering situations, um, going probably deeper, then it's like uh, also positionally, then it's like, okay, holding midfielder, I, we, we were, when we were playing with one holding midfielder, I never want that the holding midfielder just um, defends on sides because then we were giving over our central area, then I just keep him there, and then if he was leaving, it was just probably to provoke a, a, a free kick, because we needed to stop, it was like a risky. Then he was giving a lot of information in this defensively, but then it's like as soon as possible, uh, with, with the first uh, precision games and everything, then it's like uh, you need just to introduce, uh, it's just to set up, then it's like uh, usually uh, I think that everyone is working with a, with a plan, with a game model development plan, and then it's like it's try to put colors and to realize that you can put less because you've got less time, less training time. Uh, sometimes and less days then it's like it's just to select what is more important this or this then it's like for example usually I, I, I'm really um, a set pieces lover but I realize that um, that I need to it goes it, it couldn't be my, my, my first priority because it's like first we need to know how to defense and how we uh, how we're gonna react when we lose the ball mainly and then after that, I want to know, uh, we, we want to be main actors with the ball. Then it's like, what, what to do with the ball? Then it's like building from the back on zone two. And after that, uh, uh, the last third, the finishing uh, situation, how to how to manage finishing actions. Then it's like, uh, when I started to work uh, set pieces, were defending mainly, not uh, offensively, because it was like, you know, and then it's like, how to do it? Like I said, just sit with the staff, discuss some stuff, see the calendar, and then decide. It's like, we will do... We will work this principle here, here, and, and here, here. And then it's like, the good point also with this game situation and then having less trainings but more games is that um, there's a lot of patterns that you can repeat. Then it's like, uh, at the end, it's like you, you can plan to work like, uh, I don't know, like, uh, let's say, uh, switching uh, at the beginning of the pre-season. And then you're playing on a Saturday and on a Tuesday. And then on Monday, something that you need to improve on a, on a, from the Saturday uh, before it's coming tomorrow then it's like something that you want to do then it's like you know it's like it's going to appear tomorrow then it's like the ideas are really fresh you don't need to go from a Monday till a, till a, a Saturday and the micro cycle is really uh, let's say uh, weak in terms of coaching but rich also in terms of uh, repetitions because it's not only on trainings then at the end we were really cl uh, working as close as possible to real game situations because we were having a lot of uh, game situations. Then it's like, hasn't got any sense to do, I don't know, uh, non-contextual activities if after that, uh, on a Monday, if we will do on a Tuesday game, and then after that, on a Thursday, if on Saturday at 3 p.m., we had another competition game. It, obviously, it's, it's clear that you made your your three-year experience with Biggles Wade United as professional as possible. And there'll be coaches listening to the podcast who 
are uh, coaching at a club which aren't professional, maybe they're semi-professional or amateur, and as coaches we want to make it as professional as possible. Is there a balance that you have to find? Because at the end of the day, these players have jobs in the day, they have families, and maybe with the amount of training or the, the information we give them, did it? Um, did some players struggle with it? And were you able to balance maybe the cognitive load that players were experience with their day lives and with their their football career? Absolutely, absolutely. But then it's like it's, it's a balance and it's, it's an investment. Then it's like uh, you need to invest mainly time. Then it's like um, I'm completely different uh, since I started to coach because I think that with 16 years old I was completely uh, crazy about it and I was um, I was investing uh, absolutely uh, a lot of time, probably more than, than I had. But uh, also, it's like I said, it was like uh, the passion makes a, a, a makes a, a great uh, plays a great uh, uh, position here because it's like you you I remember to, to we don't care if we sleep less or you know it's like you've got your own responsibilities. Coaches have got uh, work also have got job. Then uh, then it's not only players. You need to know also about this. You need to you need to realize that you cannot. Uh, uh, for example, in this level, I told the players, if you're having a bad day because uh, you've got a bad day at work or you've got some issues at home, you know, it's like, I prefer uh, that you take the day off. And then it's like, if you want to come, come, but come clean. But then it's like, don't come with, uh, with a bad mood because you will not work uh, properly. And that means that also, you know, I will be just behind you. That will not help you. It will go against you. Then it's like the best way is probably just to uh, to take the day off. And feel free then it's like you know just let me know and then it's, like, it's to be really close to the players because you're not professional but the the, the professional uh, label at the end is just uh, is, is just for uh, for each one it's like you you feel yourself professional I feel myself professional despite being unemployed or despite being uh, on an only level you know it's like um, it's not just only to have a, a professional contract it's just to invest time uh, knowledge of course to invest money also information to travel to listen podcasts, to read books, to is is um is willingness. Then it's like um, uh, I used to when, when we were at Beaglesweight, we had a few visits from uh, from coaches from the Bedfordshire FA, and uh, I explained the same that the podcast, but with a board and with a PowerPoint, I, I show everything to to everyone because uh, usually I say that I have nothing to really to hide. No, then it's like my ideas are ideas from from absolutely everyone and then I like also to exchange a lot of of stuff just to well because I think it's, it's the way to learn then um, what I said and, and, and probably is the point that, that you're asking is like uh, if we were doing this and I was not doing this alone I was doing this with uh, with a lot of people and with English people then it's like it's nothing about flags neither it's about uh, mainly willingness then it's like if we were doing this in a step five in England everyone can do it you know, it's like yeah. we were not doing nothing special. We were not, uh, I was not full-time, I was part-time. I mean, it, it was not uh, a matter of, uh, of salaries. It, it's like to be organized and then it's like to to lead something. Like I said, you need to also, as a coach, you need to, um, I, I was delegating a lot of responsibilities for the people. I was giving uh, wings to fly to my, to my staff members 
I was making everyone uh, feeling really important because without this, you're completely alone. And being alone, you cannot develop absolutely nothing. At the end, after that, you're willing with the players. But then it's like, you know, also it, it, it's essential. And, and yourself, giving value to yourself. Then I, I really, you know, it's like no one is telling us, like, usually people remember uh, the coach just on a, on a Saturday after the game, usually in a good way if you get the three points. And not in the best mood, probably, if you don't get the, the three points. Uh, it's much more than this. Then it's like to, to feel that you're a football coach is not to get three points on a Saturday or on a competition day. It, it's much more than this. And sometimes you're not gonna give this. You're not gonna have this feedback. You need to give this feedback to yourself. You need to say, hey. Sometimes you need to arrive home after a training, and it's like, poof, what a training we did. Okay. Then it's like the players were great, but then also, you know, the staff and myself. We just set up everything. It was great, you know, when, when everything matches. It's like, whoa, unbelievable. Then uh, we need this also as a coach. You need to believe in yourself. It's really, there's these kind of, of things usually. Uh, they, no one uh, just teach me these things on, on, my, on my UEFA license. Then it's like at the end, these are, like I say, flight hours. And then it's like experience. And it's like, okay, it's important to value yourself. And it's essential to value your team. And when I say your team, I say your staff. Because without your staff, a coach and who said staff is just probably your assistant coach, you know, your, your, uh, your first team coach your, uh, or your, your assistant. If you haven't got no one, physios, everyone needs to be involved. Something in England really uh, shows my attention is uh, the physios were like on an island, like isolated, you know, it's like they come on a game day and no, no, I just make the effort um, for the club just to uh, bring a physio also for our training, just in case. And also they were part of the staff. We were exchanging knowledge. We were exchanging information. They were part of us. Then it's like they were not outsiders. Why? It's like I, I'm really interested to get some information through the physios probably. Then it's like why I need to have the physio completely, you know, it's like is uh, to get into detail is to leave this profession knowing probably that you're not living full time from this profession but no one if you want to if you feel this passion really you don't care about to win uh, a salary in football league level you know it's like it's it's just a matter of way i'm sure now these days no with uh, the the coley brothers now in in uh, Huddersfield, no after uh, jumping from non-league, doing a great job in Lincoln, it's like everyone has a, has the opportunity. It's like it's something is to be in the right place, of course, to make the right decisions, of course. A um, little bit of luck, but not all of luck. I mean, I'm sure that behind uh, the Coley brothers, behind Eddie Howe, behind great uh, English coaches in all in all uh, levels, there's a lot of work. You know, there's a lot of. Yeah. Uh, of hours, there's a lot of investment, there's a lot of trips also to meet people, there's a lot of, uh, like I said, books, articles, research, then uh, is well, I think it's a, it's a non-finished uh, reply answer, maybe. <laughs> Got it. No, it, and I think it's um, this week with the Cowley brothers going to Huddersfield, it would have inspired a lot of coaches who are in the non-league level to show them that there is a pathway to the football league. Um, it is possible. Just like 20 years ago when Mourinho came onto the scene and we saw that it was possible for players who haven't had a professional career to become professional coaches. 
Um, I, de- I definitely agree. Yeah, absolutely. And you said 20 years from Mourinho. I, mean, I thought it was not 20 years. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's, More that's 15, yeah. Later, oh my God. Then it's like, absolutely, absolutely. I think that it's just to, to, to feel that you're a, a football coach. And then I feel that I'm a football coach, despite being nearly one season completely employed. It's like, I'm still thinking in this and I still feel this. Um, I had some issues, some interviews, and then uh, and then it's like uh, didn't go as as expected. And sometimes, of course, then it's like you've got bad uh, bad thoughts, and then it's like you know it's worth to be in this country, keep smashing it, and it's worth just to to don't get a normal job. And it's like yeah, but I feel that I'm a football coach, and I I'm really happy when I develop myself and when I read stuff and when I just. Uh, I don't know when I'm doing this with you now, right now. You know, it's like I, I really live this. I really feel this. Why I need to choose another way if I know that I probably would not be um, happy, despite like I said, to to become professional, to feel professional, is not only to have a professional contract. I think um, that to get a professional contract, you need to be professional. A uh, long time uh, mm. uh, before, really. Then it's I like agree. you need to act as a professional much more than to have the chance. It's the only way to have the chance, probably. Then it's like, but yeah, and so and sometimes it's it's not a, a then it's like that's a, a up and down journey, journey. And then it's like you need to know this, and then you need to be ready for the downs, and they will come. And and it's like uh, it's this point that is like okay, it, it is worth. You probably you would not have never next to you to say keep going, keep smashing it, and that's when you will be more weak. And it's like no, no, you believe in yourself. That's what you want to do. That's what makes you happy. Uh, go for it, absolutely. That's that could be my my advice to everyone. I'm really bad giving advices because when someone is asking me like. Uh, Christian, I'm thinking just to go to Spain for a year. It's like, do it. I, I'm just always pushing the people. Then it's like, you know, it's like you're asking to the worst person in the world because I'm going to push you to try what you're thinking. Because if you're thinking to try, it's because you want to have the chance. Then it's like, do it. There's nothing wrong to try. If something, um, I used to say that I'm a really a risk, uh, risk culture addict. And it's like to try, to fail, and to get again, then it's like that's that's the point for for absolutely everyone. I think we need to invite everyone to do this. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, I ha- normally have some questions towards the end of each podcast, such as like the best advice you give to any coaches listening. But I think the your message <laughs> there was clear in terms of pushing yourself outside the comfort zone and just going for it. And I I also love the message of going with zero expectations because. I've done it. I've done it this season with the club I'm coaching at. You have an idea in your head of how something will go, and and obviously, it doesn't always go to plan. Um, and we have to adapt to that to the best we can. Yeah, it's like you cannot start with a with a bad flavor in your mouth. Then it's like as soon as possible. You know, it's like uh, if you're having good expectations, when things will be wrong, uh, will not be as wrong as probably you would expect. And then it's like. It's more forward, then it's like, okay, how to sort it? We're asking the players just to react when they lose the ball. Then it's like, okay, that's not working. How am I going to react? Um, I always thought then, uh, well, I got my pro license and I said, I've got teammates, that uh, uh, classmates, sorry, that when they had the pro license, it's like, well, I'm going to wait here. And then it's like, I have got two options. Or just to wait in the sofa that um, Chelsea, Spurs or, or United or City call me or Milan, you know, it's like that someone calling me because I've got my pro license, 
or just to move myself and start to to keep growing, to keep learning, and then it's like keep trying, and then it's like I don't know what uh, what uh, could happen in the future, and that's to don't have expectations for me either. Then it's like I'm in England. I've never thought to be in England. I've never thought to leave Barcelona for Finland. You know, I've never thought uh, absolutely. I have nothing planned. Then and uh, when someone in some interviews, let me say that they are asking me like, uh, how do, uh, where do you see yourself in three, five years? It's like I have no clue. And I said, what I want is just to feel the same that I'm feeling now, that I'm a professional football coach because I can develop myself and because I can invest in the game that I love 24-7, nearly 24-7. Then it's like, that's what I want to see. If I can um, if I can feel professional in a professional environment, that should be great. If I can feel professional in a non-professional environment, that should be great. I mean, at the end, you need to be selfish with yourself and it's like, how to, how to feel about this? Then it's like, it's it's the most important and it's the most difficult also at least i've got friends and it's like look you're nearly 36 now you know it's like there's no family there's no children uh you're in england you don't know where you will be in the next uh, uh 12 months then you know it's like i've got the best background of my parents that they respect absolutely everything and they back me they are i know that they are there and then they are there and then they are just like I don't know, I've never had any any bad word like what you're doing. You know, it's like no. uh, that's that's essential. That, that football coach way is, is a really is a lonely one that you will be alone. And but you need to to be proud of to be alone with yourself. You know, it's like it's it's a way to know a lot from yourself. I think then it's like yeah too many advices from probably the wrong people because like i said i have no job there is like i'm not sure that all of it will work <laughs> <laughs> no but i mean from your experience you have that advice would be very useful for for coaches in a similar position or coaches at the start of the career who who may be thinking of going to a different country to to coach so i think it's very valuable you can answer also one of the other questions i normally end with with your aspirations for the future. So um, the last one I wanted to ask you was, what is the favourite failure you have had? That's a good one. Um, I was, I think it's, uh, no one asked me never before this. And uh, after, after, well, till today, I can say that my big failure was last season. Um, I think I was wrong thinking that growing up two levels, two divisions, uh, coaching two divisions um, above was like a career progression for me. Um, I was suspecting, I was expecting, um, I'm suspecting also a better way to do things in, a, in two steps above in terms of professionalism and I was really wrong. I didn't analyze properly everything. I hadn't got any any other options. Then it was like, you know, that's the point. And um, and yeah, I realized that uh, that was a big a big uh, clash for me as a coach because we were doing well, and then we, we we were setting up also again everything from zero. We arrived with non squad, and. Um, I mean, I, I don't want to give, uh, of course, any names and everything, but uh, I mean, as a coach, it was a failure to arrive just after one month of competition, 
results were not helping. Uh, absolutely agree, but uh, but the team was starting to, you know, it's like we were just uh, outside the relegation zone, and then we were with two win games and five uh, defeats, of course, but um, and outside of the FA Cup in the first round, but uh, the team was starting to. The players were enjoying, were happy, we were attracting more players. Um, but yeah, and then I just put absolutely everything as a coach in this challenge and I lost everything. Then it was a big, um, it was the first thing, the first time that I was thinking just to come back to Spain. Uh, just because I thought, you know, it's like there's nothing to do in non-league and then, you know, for me. But then, uh, since I arrived to this country, this country is treating me really well. I'm really happy here. I really love the football uh, environment here also, the, the scenarios of football. I love the coaching education here, the access that you've got, uh, the structure, the pyramid. There's a lot of people involved. You can learn from absolutely everyone. Um, you know, then it's like, why not? Then uh, I, I'm at the moment I'm happy in this country. Then why not? I need to to keep uh, doing here. But after after this big uh, after this big uh, accident there, then it was like um, in terms of then talking in a sports side, uh, it was probably the the worst uh, situation. My my big fail. Uh, don't get don't get something where I put absolutely everything that I had and and I couldn't. It was outside of my control at the end. Is something that a friend told me. You know, you were controlling, and you have to control always what uh, it's really under your control. You cannot mm-hmm. control things that never will be under your control. But sometimes, as a coaches, we we just uh, think to to control, and we want to control <laughs> absolutely everything that uh, that we can. Then, uh, yeah, that was probably my my worst uh, failure as a coach. And going a little bit deeper, and I'm I'm not gonna be um, uh, longer, um, uh, always that you fail a player. But um, I mean, this is a quick advice also about commitment and, uh, with the players. Uh, the coach never can commit to any player. You cannot commit to anyone because you don't know what will happen. I committed. Um, I had a, a mistake also when I was uh, was 21. It was in Masno in third, Spanish third division. I committed to a goalkeeper that I was. That uh, I, I was ready to talk to to the Gaffa, to the manager, to push uh, his position. Uh, the Gaffa said, "Yeah, I see him very well. I will have a think." And then I just commit to the goalie, like I will get it for you because I think you deserve. But then uh, arrived Sunday and, and he was on the bench, and that was like you know, that betrayed him. Mm. That was the first and last time when I thought. That uh, when I realize also that you cannot commit to absolutely anyone, that's the best way to don't fail any player. You cannot fail the players because the players are believing in you as a coach. Uh, they are, well, yeah, they are trusting you as a, as, a, as a coach and probably as a person also. Then you need to be, from that day, I've been one of the positive things that I think I've got with all players is that I'm really honest with absolutely everyone. Uh, I'm going to tell them what I like, what I don't like. I'm going to try to help them how to sort it. Uh, I'm really open to dialogue absolutely uh, everything but honesty is, is probably uh, one thing that uh, we should have in all changing rooms if uh, there's a player that because skills uh, profile you think that you're not going to give enough playing minutes tell him uh, just because you know it's like there's 
plenty of places that uh, for someone that could uh, just uh, enjoy and, and, and have playing minutes. You are no one absolutely just to to close uh, uh, someone's the option to, to play, to, to play football, to play a game. Then it's like, uh, it's a difficult uh, speech sometimes, it's a difficult decision, but uh, you know, it's like, I, I think I'm doing what I would like that uh, whoever can do the can can do with me as a, as a football coach also. Then it's like, I, I'm not gonna like everyone. I'm not expecting to like everyone. It's like, uh, that if I'm doing something wrong or if I'm doing something that you don't like or you let me know. Then it's like, that's a way to improve, a way to learn. And also there's a way to realize that uh, because my identity, because uh, the way that I am uh, probably is not the place, then it's like, why not? Then it's just to analyze and, and, and go for it. But mainly these two failures, my sport failure was uh, last season. Uh, and then, like I said, as a coach, the worst failure is just to fail a player. Well, Christina, I want to thank you for coming on to the podcast. Um, it's been really interesting to hear about how you adapted to the English non-league culture, how you turned your experience at Bigel Ways United into a more professional environment, and your your advice for coaches out there to push themselves out of their comfort zone to find scenarios where they they might not have experienced before and to go into these situations with zero expectations and just to learn from them so yeah once again thank you for coming on to the away from the dugout podcast it's been a, a pleasure thanks to you for uh, for thinking in 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 me and again open to absolutely everything and everyone that can uh, if this can help if if not uh, publicly uh, my social media whatever then more than more than happy to to help everyone and just to i think that is a, is probably the best way just to yeah if to, anyone wants to contact you to exchange knowledge also yeah. between us then it's like feel free to to do it then why not yeah if anyone wants to contact you about your experiences in england or finland or maybe more information in catalonia or in spain what's your social me- media mainly it's easier to find me on Twitter. It's uh, at crcolas, like CR from Christian, and then my surname, Colas, C-O-L-A-S. Oh, fantastic. Okay. Um, well, all the best, Christian, in finding your next opportunity. Thank you. Hope uh, to let you know sooner than later. <laughs> <laughs> okay.